Welcome to episode 12 of Rank and Review, Zombies. This is a topic we will be coming back to, but today my friend Ryan Geezy and I are going to tackle six zombie films. And it's a weird group. There are three out of the six are kind of funny, over-the-top, gross-out zombie movies, and three of them are legitimately frightening horror movies that employ zombies to their best. So, uh... Sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 12 of Rankin Review. As usual, prepare yourself for spoilers and some possibly harsh language. Thank you so much for listening. I am your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons. Now on with the show. Well, it's uh, definitely a hot one, so we have to have the fan running, so there might be a little background noise, but uh, we'll all just make our peace with that. Um, it is a very hot July evening, and uh, I have Ryan Geezy in my garage to record episode 12 of Rankin Review. Hello. Zombies. Uh, and I'm very excited to finally get to zombies. And of course, we're going to be visiting this topic more than a few times. In fact, your sister just got her stacker movies today. She'll be also tackling zombies. She sort of has zombies from around the world. Uh, uh, I've known Geezy for, my goodness, what, 12, 13 years? Something yeah. like that? Probably more. Something, yeah, we, we go back. We go into the Wayback Machine. Yeah, always. <clears throat> um, typically, I, I never really thought of you as particularly a horror movie guy, but where do you stand on the, on the genre? Uh, I've always enjoyed a good horror movie. You know, nothing like being scared, especially uh, on a date night, for example, it's always uh, a good go-to. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, uh, horror movies do get the uh, blood up, and uh, apparently getting scared is a good, in a safe environment, is a good precursor to some canoodling. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, nobody complains about the shitty horror movie when they get some from their girlfriend that night. Exactly. Um, is there something specific that speaks to you about zombies? Uh... I've always been partial to zombies. Uh, I don't know there's uh, uh, exactly what it is about them, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I like a good zombie story. I, th- I think for me, I mean, I've always loved zombies. Part of it is that uh, I had to wait for this zombie renaissance to happen, you know, uh, until 28 days later and then the remake of Dawn of the Dead came out. Zombies were kind of way in the back, you know. They weren't that popular genre. You'd only get one every few years, and uh, a good one even rarer than that. Yeah. So uh, the resurgence in popularity of zombies, the 
you know, and with large thanks to The Walking Dead and uh, the Resident Evil franchise and a few other things, yeah. uh, I've really been able to sink my teeth into. But uh, some people kind of get to the point where uh, we've we've had enough. It has become its own genre. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, any given year now, there's how many three to four or five movies based on zombies, even kids' movies. Well, Brad Pitt just opened the biggest budget zombie movie of all time, and it's doing quite well. From what I hear, I still have yet to see it. It's it's worth a look. It's worth a look. Um, The other thing that's interesting to me about zombies is they don't really have personalities as far as creatures go, you know. If you look at your vampires, that's your sort of sex and death sort of married together. Seduction, sort of lustful angle to it. The werewolves were sort of like letting the the wild side take over. Um, You know, uh, the Frankenstein's monsters, the the evil that man unleashes on the world. And uh, uh, the zombie is just us looking at death in the face. It's basically... What you see is what you get. Yeah. That's just an animated puppet of what used to be a living human being. And all it does is walk around and try and eat people. Yeah. And that's all it does. It's not personal. That's just what it's wired to do. Yeah, it's its job. And, uh, you know, with the zombie scenario, you're always wondering, well, what would I do? How would I survive? And each little zombie movie is sort of its corner of, this is what this group does, this is what this group yeah. does. that's a good way to look at it. And the, the group of movies that we're going to look at today, I think are pretty cleanly split towards, um, you know, the 70s and 80s uh, retro sort of, zombie comedies back in the day of, you know, prosthetic makeups where uh, people still did zombie movies every now and then and they, you know, took their time <laughs> did yeah. the prosthetics. And then we've got uh, a few sort of post-zombie renaissance selections. Um, uh, for Canadian content, we're looking at a unique uh, zombie film called Fido about domesticated zombies, yeah. which is interesting. We're going to look at the classic Dawn of the Dead from George Romero. Um, we're going to look at Return of the Living Dead from Dan O'Bannon of the mid-80s. Um, we're going to look at the film Wreck by Juan Belgiaro. It's a uh, it's sort of a found footage horror film in the, genre, in the zombie sort of vein, and uh, it sort of grabs you by the face. <laughs> yeah. um, we've got a Nazi zombie picture called Outpost, and we have the cult classic reanimator so again we've got some sort of broad comedy silly slapstick violent zombie movies and we've got some going for their throat for real zombie yeah. scares you got both ends of the spectrum there do you have a preference when you're watching them uh i, I <coughs> when it comes to zombies i think i i definitely prefer the the dark side uh, there's uh i mean that's what they are you know they're that's what they were originally to horrify you. Yeah, uh, I can appreciate a comedy with with uh, based on zombies or with zombies in it, but my preference would definitely be for the let's scare me, scare yeah. me as much as you so can. So you like your zombies fast? You like your zombies slow? Uh, I like uh, uh, I like a kind of a mix. Yeah. Um, some of the, some of them have a mix of that. And uh, truth be told, that's sort of how I, I look at it. I like my zombies to be slow moving more in the in the Romero vein. But my idea is that they're pretty lazy and lackadaisical until they're within arm's reach of their food. Yeah. Once they're within reach of you, they got some lunge to them, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, but uh, everybody sort of has their own sort of <laughs> permutation of zombies. Yeah, well, I like to think that whatever it is that's making those zombies affects each one a little bit differently. So 
they're lazy in life, they w- we're likely going to be a lazy zombie. <laughs> yeah. you know, if they're in good shape, they got a good body. Yeah. For a zombie, then you know they're going to be able to run you down. It's going to be more of a problem. Yeah, they're going to be the fast ones. So I think, like humans, are I think they they would still retain some kind of. I think it was uh, Zack Snyder who directed the remake of Dawn of the Dead was talking about it and his idea was that you were faster the, the, the fresher meat you were like if you just died you were a pretty fast moving zombie but the longer you were a zombie oh, yeah. the more your body started to break down the slower you became I kind of buy that too but uh, yeah. yeah I think the best zombie movies is that the zombies are an obstacle but uh, the real idea is survival these are survival stories the monsters are the zombies but the movies are not necessarily about the zombies they're about it's the about survivors. the human story behind the you know, surviving the, the horde Right. That's well, what every zombie movie or show is, is inevitably about. Indeed. Are you ready to jump in? Good afternoon, boys and girls. So how many of you have ever had to kill a zombie? Well, not too many. What would we do without our zombies? <laughs> they take care of your jobs. Give me that. This is detail work. Flesh-eating maniacs need not apply. Do the housework. Oh, what is that zombie doing in my easy boy? Uh, ain't play with the kids. So I guess I could be, you know, uh, accused of having something of a Canadian bias because I am Canadian and I do, you know, hope to one day contribute to Canadian independent film. And I want to try and include some Canadian films in when we're doing the rankings. So I'm starting with Fido, which is a, a very unique take on the zombie movie uh, from Canada. Yeah. Um, stars Billy Connolly, who uh, is typically, he was uh, a comedian. Yeah. Uh, uh, He's known for his high-energy uh, uh, stand-up routines uh, and, uh, you know, his thick Irish brogue. And uh, he does not say a word in Fido because he plays a domesticated zombie. Yeah. Um, the concept behind the, uh, the film is that uh, it's sort of set, like, just post-World War II, and uh, it's been a zombie war instead of a war with the Reds. And uh, for the most part, we've won. The communities are all gated off, but we've been able to put collars on the zombies that basically turn them into domesticated, half-slave, half-house pet type of scenarios. As long as that collar is on and the green light is humming, they'll pretty much do whatever you want them yeah, to do. It's a pretty interesting premise. <laughs> I like the, the specifically, too, that it is set in that sort of, you know, uh, weird 50s idyllic era. Uh, all the kids, are, are, you know, the, the boys all have the shaved heads and the girls all wear pretty Sunday dresses. And uh, they're all armed. They're all taught from a young age how to dispatch a zombie. <laughs> like it's second nature to them. Huh? Mom goes off into the woods. Oh, got some business to take care of. Goes and whacks the zombie <laughs> way too many times. Um, from what I recall, <laughs> the uh, the main core family in the in the film, who are are played by uh, Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix, who was actually pregnant while she shot this film, so uh, they 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 shot a little bit around that. Uh, Dylan Baker, who I love from the movie Trick or Treat, and is known famously for playing a pedophile in a movie called Happiness. <laughs> um, they, they they sort of run a fairly uh, strict household. The boy is kind of lonely. The dad's obsessed with work and damaged because he was forced to kill his own father who had turned into a zombie. 
and he's obsessed and wants everybody in the house to make sure they have uh, a head coffin. So when 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 the family goes down, they stay down. No zombies for these people. Yeah. Uh, the boy can't identify with his father. His mother is a little bit preoccupied, so he latches on to the domesticated zombie, who he names Fido. Played by Billy Connolly. Played by Billy Connolly. Yeah. This is essentially like a Lassie movie if you replace Lassie with a rotting corpse. Yeah, I can imagine <laughs> Billy Connolly reading the script for this and going, hmm, not a single line. I'll do it. I mean, <laughs> not a single line. I'll do it. Well, I mean, it's it does pose an interesting challenge because I do think that there is a relationship between Billy and Fido. Absolutely. <laughs> and and uh, so much so that uh, I don't know if it's a problem or not, but later on when Billy has to go rescue Fido from the big evil Zoncorp headquarters, a lot of people die in the interest of rescuing Fido. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, I love the dry deadpan humor to it. Uh, Henry yeah. Cerny, a uh, Canadian actor who has been in uh, well a lot of Canadian films and in some big budget uh, American films like the first Tom Cruise Mission Impossible. He has a great scene where he asks everybody in the class, uh, anybody here had to kill a zombie? And a handful of kids put their hands up timidly. See, that's great. Not that many. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. He's doing his job. Some of them. Some of them or, or joking how he'd have no problem killing his wife if she was bitten or turned into a zombie. Yeah. Almost to the point where he relishes the idea of it. Yeah. It's like how the whole, uh, the whole world has just, you know, accepted, yeah, zombies are here and now we're just going to enslave them. <laughs> the whole idea is ludicrous. It's a, that's, it's that's a, why a roll it's a with the movie. punches kind of society. Yeah. And some people really get into it. Tim Blake Nelson, who plays their neighbor, who uh, used to work for the zombie company, has uh, this young sex toy, I guess, of a zombie. It's kind of a oh, creepy, yes. like, <laughs> necrophiliac angle to the film. Yeah, they leave, they leave it to your imagination, thank goodness. But, of uh, course. <laughs> but it, there again, it's this uh, Canadian independent films thing where they go to places where you maybe don't think that they should. Yeah. Um, kids go down in this movie. Yeah, uh, you don't see that often, especially uh, in a comedy. Yeah, and it is played for laughs, and uh, almost to a complaint. There's a scene where Carrie Ann Moss is dispatching of one of the kid zombies, and because she's been playing this reserved housewife for most of the movie, it's supposed to be kind of hilarious to see her all of a sudden uh, be vicious and violent. And it is, except for the fact that she shoots about 12 rounds out of a gun that clearly couldn't shoot that many bullets, right? Uh, reality is stretched in the interest of a gag in that sequence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, uh, these are sort of minor nitpicks. I've got to give big points for concept and execution. And for a Canadian film, it's got a strong cast and, uh, I mean, uh, it... I don't know that it was. It didn't make a huge splash, but it's out there. People know yeah. about Fido. People like Fido. And it was definitely entertaining. That's that's for sure. And uh, Billy Connolly, unexpectedly, you know, he steals the show. He really does. <laughs> when, when he smiles uh, <laughs> and does his little gr uh, grunt that, that he does, uh, it's sort of a zombie yell slash laugh. It really is <laughs> to see a zombie <laughs> smile is just. <laughs> It's it's hilarious. It was a good movie. Does it warm your heart the way a good Lassie movie should? Yes, definitely. <laughs> and then it tries to break your heart in the third act in the way any good Lassie movie should. Yeah, by then you're in love with this zombie, and <laughs> and you know he's he's doing his own thing by that point. <laughs> I guess it is interesting, and I guess in order to keep the the premise sound, they had to stick with it, but. 
you'd think that sooner or later they'd figure out that keeping a zombie in every household was just too big of a safety concern. You know, <laughs> sooner or later one of them's gonna bite somebody and shit's gonna go bad. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess that's one thing that death is kind of underplayed in this movie. When people die, it's sort of like no big whoop yeah. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, oh well, it happens. <laughs> Move on. Well, I guess and if you lived in a world where you were in a fenced-off community and um, there were zombies in every corner, you would be used to seeing people die. But I'm saying for me as a viewer, um, major deaths happened in the, in, in the film and it kind of just washed over me. Yeah. Yeah, the whole tone of the show just uh, under the rug <laughs> with that. Um, it's high concept. It's uh, like I say, strong cast. Can it carry on Moss uh, sort of reconnecting with her Canadian roots? Uh, laugh your head off was the on the cover is the the, the little, <laughs> little uh, catch that they do, which uh, I thought was pretty funny. Although uh, the original cover, um, it says. Uh, Good dead are hard to find. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's good help is hard to find as well. But I guess they didn't go too deep into the social commentary once they established it. I mean, I loved the world. I loved seeing the kids in the schoolyard firing rifles together and shooting targets of yeah. zombies, um, and how blasé and whatever people were about walking past the zomb domesticated zombies in the street in the street. But there's. It's basically just a light comedy. I mean, it touches on these issues, but I think they probably could have if they tried to dig a little deeper into well, it. When you think about it, a zombie would make a, well, a really good good worker, I think, right? Because, I mean, they, they don't eat well. They don't eat, they don't sleep, they won't complain. Yeah, you know, and they'll just, uh, they just go, 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 right? So, uh, For some reason, the collars seem to get, take away their uh, need to feed. Yes. And just make them mellow fellows. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I don't know. I think not in my house. I don't think any kind of zombie <laughs> would be what I happily keep around me. You just think it wouldn't be worth it for the smell alone. Yeah, you're right. But uh, And would a dog let a zombie walk it? Yeah, no. We got dogs. We don't need, yeah. we don't need pet zombies. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about Fido? Uh, no, I think that's... Uh, that's uh, yeah. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it. 1968, George Romero brought us Night of the Living Dead. It became the classic horror film of its time. Now, George Romero brings us the most intensely shocking motion picture experience for all times. Dawn of the Dead. Night of the Living Dead has ended. Dawn of the Dead is here. Get gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. They must be destroyed on sight. When there is no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Dawn of the dead. So a good ten years and change after Night of the Living Dead, George Romero had made a couple of not so successful films in the interim uh, and he decided to return to the zombie genre and uh, this is a pretty divisive film um, most people seem to consider it's a worthy cult classic some people are put off by the fact that a lot of the zombies look blue um, but love it or hate it it makes an impression uh, 1978 Dawn of the Dead uh, the plot largely concerns itself with four survivors who flee in a uh, 
news helicopter and take refuge in a mall. And uh, the film sort of spends a lot of time doing a little bit of a satiric look at consumer culture, uh, way ahead of its time. They actually had to explain what a mall was in the movie. That's how ahead of the time the the consumer angle on this was. (laughs) Uh, And they balance out that with some horrendous... uh, brutal uh, makeup effects compliments of Tom Savini. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you think of Dawn of the Dead, Geezy? Uh, well, again, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I'd seen it years and years ago, so it was uh, kind of good to see it again. I'd forgotten a lot about it. Um, I loved the premise. Um, I always thought that, you know, if there was a zombie horde, I would be heading for the mall, you know, because uh, that's, that's where all the stuff is going to be, right, that you need to defend yourself. So, um, I think it's... Uh, uh, as far as that goes, it was really great. Um, that there was only f- the four of them. I thought they could have used more, more, more characters, characters that they could kill off right. as they went. But uh, um, yeah, again, uh, for the year it was, um, they put the put the effects aside, and yeah, it, it was it was very entertaining, and it's scary in places. Yeah, yeah. there's I'm some sequences a, of suspense that still work. Yeah, um, I think that it's a little bit top heavy. They uh, they start in the middle of a city. Uh, people are getting their heads blown off. Uh, we're seeing some really brutal biting effects, like you hadn't seen at all at the time. <laughs> They're trying to clear out this apartment complex, uh, and we meet two of our characters, Roger and Peter, who are members of SWAT team, and uh, they kind of bond over the chaos and seeing their friends falling apart and seeing the basic basic infeasibility of them being able to do anything. Yeah, to prevent the spread of this plague, and they being SWAT team members as well. Yeah, but so. the, they they have the gear, they have the equipment to defend themselves, but they're not going to stop this plague. Right. They, there's no amount of bullets that's going to do it. And uh, Peter knows the this guy who we refer to as Flyboy. Uh, he kind of looks like David, I think it's David M.G. is the actor. Uh, he kind of looks like one of the the first neighbor from Married with Children to me, but he's oh not. yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. He and his girlfriend and these two guys jump in this helicopter. We get a sort of a, a look at life on the ground where the military blokes and the rednecks are surviving well enough on the road, just shooting the, every zombie they come across. Yeah. And basically chaos is reigning in the countryside. Once the movie gets to the mall, it sort of settles down and almost to a stop for a good half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, it gets a little slow in there. Um what I do like about it is that by the time shit does go down at the mall, we know these four people and we like them. We sort of yeah. we, we get their plight. We're definitely rooting for them at this point. Um, Roger, who's sort of the the more energetic and maybe the little bit more damaged of the two SWAT team members, is the most careless and consequently is the first one to get bitten. And when that moment happens, you feel it. You're like the group is going to lose a member and it's going to hurt them. Yeah. It is going to hurt them. Um, yeah. Romero is not a subtle writer. Uh, I mean, I, I think he hits these notes particularly hard. We're looking at the theatrical cut of this film. There's yeah. all sorts of permutations of Dawn of the Dead. There's a cut uh, for that Dario Argento did for a European distribution. Yeah. There's the extended uh, director's cut that George Romero has there's the theatrical version and I'm sure there's a mangled television version of this somewhere 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know there is. <laughs> you made this comment that in spite of the effect, it holds up well. You uh, weren't particularly uh, happy with the makeup effect. No, so. no, I'm sure that uh, that Romero, too, was probably, if, if there's one thing that he could have looked at in that movie, I'm sure. Um, you know, it just uh, didn't seem uh, like... like uh, like they spent enough time on that, you know, I guess, uh, trying to tell that story. I mean, it's I guess it would be difficult makeup to, to pull off. Basically, it, they, they were shooting in this empty mall in Philadelphia uh, at night. It's basically after hours of the mall. Yeah. They had lots of extras, and uh, Savini could only do so much with what he had. So he's basically yeah. painting these people as gray color. Yeah. But depending on the lights and where they were shooting, they would either read gray or blue, yeah. or yeah. just sort of this weird dusty disco color. Yeah. Um, I kind of let go of that pretty quickly. It, it establishes itself right away. I always know when I'm looking at a zombie and when I'm looking at a person. That's true. That's um, true. And I just kind of had to let go. I would argue, though, that some of the actual visceral effects... I'm thinking of a scene where a zombie gets a screwdriver jammed into its ear, or uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, the infamous he- head explosion in the uh, apartment building at the very beginning. That's true, yeah. There are some, some pretty good effects. There are some pretty grisly effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the biker gang lays siege to the mall, and uh, one of the guys inexplicably decides to uh, linger at the arcade and gets torn open by zombies and has his guts eaten. I mean, it's pretty nasty. It's yeah. pretty hardcore, and I think it still stays pretty hardcore by today's standards. You're right, you're right. And it's an engaging story as well. Yeah. Like I think, like, the the blood is, like, bright, bright, fruit juice red blood, and the zombies are blue and gray, but you have to let go of that and go with this movie because you'll be rewarded with a really good zombie movie if you can That's do true. that, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, Romero, he's the originator and he's the, the innovator. Um, it's, uh, it's close for me. I have a hard time saying what is my favorite of his movies, and this one is very, very up there for yeah. me. Um, and it's interesting because I remember as a young man when I first discovered this movie, I was like, yes, I want to do that. I want the zombies to come. I want to lock myself in a mall, and I want to live in this utopia. Completely missing the point of the movie is that... Uh, as great a place as they have found to box themselves in and survive, it's a tomb. Yeah. It's a prison. Yeah. Um, until the zombie problem is dealt with, no matter where they hold up, is uh, just basic survival. That's it. Um, like I've said before, you know, if you're in prison, it, it doesn't matter what the prison looks like. The prison could be the entirety of the West Edmonton Mall, but if you could never leave the West Edmonton Mall, it would be a prison, you know. (laughs) Um, And uh, the fact that they couldn't just put up with the fact that the bikers would come in and raid their stuff. Uh, The idea was that they would let them come in, the guys would steal a bunch of shit, they would reseal the mall, and they would take back what was left. But Flyboy can't handle it. He can't handle that they were taking the stuff that they'd already stolen. And he opens fire. Yeah. on the bikers and that's what sort of leads us to the tragic third act of yeah. the film it's always man who fucks it up with Romero like I say the zombies are an obstacle the zombies are a problem that needs to be dealt with but yeah. it's man's failure to get along or to think things through that get them killed yeah, or keep a level head yeah. yeah it's not like that the zombies are even strategic they're not 
you know, <laughs> they're just this entity that needs to be dealt with and considered. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. I think it's respected for good reason. Yeah. I think that uh, the cast of largely unknown people do well for the most part. There's some lines of dialogue that kind of hurt the ears a little bit. It, it was made in the late Wakachika 70s, you yeah. know? Yeah, so the styles are all outdated. And yeah, there's the Goblin soundtrack, <clears throat> uh, which I, I think has its own charm, but definitely dates the movie as one of those... A um, lot of ripple effects to this movie. Uh, it, it, it's sort of the Dario Argento cut of this movie basically spawned an entire sub-genre of Italian exploitation zombie zombie movies uh zombie 2 with the infamous zombie battling a shark yes was a sequel <laughs> to dawn of the dead there is no zombie 1 dawn of the dead is zombie 1 uh also interesting to note and i'm sorry to blather on but there i know on. a lot about the romero ones yeah the ending as bleak as it is and as uncertain as it is is much happier than the original script I guess I don't have to necessarily blow entirely what happens to the ending here, but in the original script, we get down to two survivors still alive. One survivor uh, leads the way to the other to get to the helicopter, and then knocks down the ladder, fights off a few zombies, and then commits suicide. And then the other survivor, just about to get on the, on the helicopter, realizing that they're going to be by themselves, decides they don't want to. And they stand up and get decapitated in the wings of the helicopter. And the credits roll. That was the original script wow. for Dawn of the Dead. Uh, but they decided uh, during production that after seeing these people go through all of that, they couldn't leave it that way. And instead we have a much more uncertain but arguably upbeat ending yeah. of uh, two survivors flying off into the distance with not much ammunition not much gasoline and no direction uh, yeah very little hope still yeah. but they're alive yes um and that's that's means you're winning in the zombie world if you're surviving you're winning yeah uh anything else you want to say about dawn of the dead brother um yeah it's uh once again i i, I was thoroughly entertained uh i i was able to put aside the the effects as well and and uh get into the story and yeah, again, I really enjoyed it. In the dark of the night, something strange is going on. So one of the many things about Return of the Living Dead that uh, are kind of interesting is the ripple effect that, that this movie has had. Um, a lot of people will say that 28 Days Later is a movie responsible for running zombies. Nope. Running zombies are brought to us courtesy of Return of the Living Dead. The whole idea that zombies crave brains 
that you'll see all most people making fun of zombies or doing their little impression, blah, brains. That's not Romero. That's all Return of the Living Dead. Um, Dan O'Bannon, who uh, wrote and directed this movie, basically hangs his entire career on the fact that he wrote the original screenplay to Alien. Um, I say the original screenplay because in his version, all of the people in the crew were men, so no Ripley, and the alien did not come on board via somebody's being implanted in somebody's chest. Uh, it, it's very much a situation where they bought his screenplay, changed it, but he retained the credit. Right. Um, but having Alien as a writing credit is a big thing to hang your hat on. Um, I think Return of the Living Dead is much more this guy's milieu than the Alien that we've seen before. Yeah. But that said, this movie is really good at being what it is, which is a crazy, funny, ridiculously violent zombie comedy. Uh, what did you think of Return of the Living Dead? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, going into it, uh, and, and it's funny because I'd never actually seen the movie, which I, I just assumed that I had. I guess right. growing up, I you know, I, I, I assumed wow. that it was one of the ones that I'd seen. So it was actually really cool to have a, an experience like that, watching a movie that's from what eighty five, uh, and uh, to experience it for the first time. So it was really kind of cool, um, wacky, wacky, um, all about uh, these two uh, fellas. Uh, the, of course that. Uh, work at a medical facility and they, they unleash Warehouse, yeah. they, they unleash this gas that's been stored in the basement of this facility from from the previous from the previous movie well, yeah. so they make an allusion to it and uh, once that happens of course uh, they get knocked out and, and uh, everything in the place becomes infected yeah. And and goes zombie, including the dogs that were cut in half as as like uh, for veterinary clinics. Yeah. They set all this up very well. Yeah, the opening scene, which uh, largely concerns uh, uh, Frank and Freddy, played by James, Karen, and Tom Matthews. Uh, it's Freddy's first day on the job, so Frank's showing him the the works, and uh, uh, they're getting along really well. Frank likes to tell bullshit stories, and Freddy likes to listen to them. We get to know them and like them fairly quickly. Yeah. And uh, he's, he comes in on the story that Night of the Living Dead was based on a true story. That, that there was a chemical spill that caused corpses to dance around and uh, that those tanks are in this very building. And, you know, you, you get such a full of shit vibe out of Frank that, yeah. you, you know, you're with Freddy and going down to check out those yeah. bins, yeah, right? They don't, they don't know they're in this horror movie. Um, and yes... Um, <laughs> They gas themselves, and they wake up and find out that anything that was dead is now alive. The cadavers that they had hanging in the freezer at the medical facility or warehouse are, are, are hang, jerking around on their hooks. As you said, the half-dogs are barking and panting. <laughs> and unlike the Romero zombies, and zombies in 90% of the zombie films, it does not matter what you do to these creatures. You can stick a pickaxe in their head... They're going to come at you. You can cut them into hundreds of pieces, and those pieces will be squirming around on the floor. Yeah, trying to get you. The adversary in this movie is, I would argue, insurmountable. <laughs> the second that this plague is unleashed upon the world, the world is F-U-C-K-E-D. Yeah, totally. S-C-R-E-W-E-D. <laughs> -E <laughs> um, but I love the lightness with which this is all handled. I like that, uh, you know, Frank finally breaks down and calls the boss, 
Uh, and he's more worried about being in shit with his boss than the fact that he may have just unleashed a zombie plague. <laughs> yeah. yeah, trying to cover his own ass. I like how straight everybody plays it. Um, the other half of the cast not involved in the direct unleashing of the chemicals are all these punk rocker kids. Yeah. Friends, um, friends of Freddy, they've come yeah. to pick him up after he's done work. And uh, they decide, well, he's off, still working for a couple of hours, so, well, you know, natural conclusion is let's go hang out in the cemetery That's absolutely so they break in there and and they commence to throw a party with their you know their music and 80s punk music yeah. uh infamously uh, in this film and uh it is it's a hard watch even to this day one of the uh characters is her name trash what's her name that's trash yeah trash Linnea yes quigley uh she was a playboy bunny or some such thing apropos of nothing, decides that she wants to tell the story of her worst nightmare, strip down to nothing and dance around on the graves. Yeah. Um, you could have almost done this setup of the movie. I remember seeing the trailers when I was a kid and thinking that's what it was, that these guys like transgressed the, the, the burial grounds and they were being so disrespectful as to awaken the dead. But that's not the case. It's the chemicals that did it. But yeah. there is a protracted sequence of this woman writhing around on the cemetery of locks, stark naked, while all her friends hoot and holler around her. And it is uncomfortable. <laughs> it is. It really is. It's like you, you just ask yourself, okay, well, I can, you know, why? Why? Well, I understand why. These are, this is a horror genre. A certain uh, amount of sex and violence is somewhat expected, <laughs> but they didn't even attempt to justify that, you yeah, know? She just, she just know where to is a, a girl who enjoys being naked around <laughs> her friends. She's not trying to seduce someone. Yeah. She's not working some terrible thing out of her past out. She's just taking her gear off. Yeah, just because. <laughs> and what she does. This poor woman spends the rest of the film basically unclad, <laughs> bottomless, or, yeah. or, or just with like a torn rags upon her body um, it's weird because I say all that and it sounds like this is going to sink the movie but uh, <laughs> it doesn't I mean it, it fits in the world of this movie well enough the friends that she's with are, are they, yeah, they're punk rockers they got chains from their nose to their ears and they're crazy hair and uh, they're driving a, uh, an old I don't know what kind of car it was like a yeah, Comet or something like that something. convertible anyway yeah and it was just they like, don't seem like an overly judgmental group <laughs> no, <laughs> they don't no. you know yeah they, they, there's the one guy punk rocker guy who takes himself way too seriously in the yeah. group and then you know that one Tiffany girl who just is clearly the odd one out not a punk rocker at all but yeah. a, a poser if ever there was true <laughs> yeah yeah but there's a genuine camaraderie about the, them. You, you, you know, they're tight. Yeah, they're you friends. Get to, you get yeah. to know them. And as they start to get picked off one by one, you know, it kind of sucks. Yeah. When you see some of these guys go down, it's, oh, nah, you didn't deserve that, but you were doing well. And like I say, their adversary is ridiculous. Um, going back to uh, Bert and uh, Frank and Freddie at the, uh, trying to deal with the... Uh, <laughs> the medical supplies they've yeah. taken the they've cut up the cadavers and they've taken the half dogs and they were brought them next door to the guy who works at the <laughs> the morgue there, yeah. the morgue at uh, the cemetery the incinerator. to burn them in his incinerator yep. and uh, after a long very funny amusing sequence trying to convince him to do this for them 
He does, and all it does is send more smoke out into the graveyard and create more zombies. Which, you yeah, just can't to, win. Mixes with the incoming storm, and uh, the acid rain starts to fall. Uh, gets into all the graves. All the zombies come back to life, and of course, the kids run for it. And, and uh, it was a really funny scene, actually. Them trying to get the top of the the car up in, uh-huh. in the yeah. pouring rain, and then sitting in the car, her naked in the back seat, and everyone else just. Uh, it was really. Uh, it was a funny funny moment. They get split up in the midst of this sudden rain and the zombie attack. So we have three different groups sort of locked in three different uh, places, uh, which I really kind of enjoyed. Uh, each group trying to either get out or get to the other. Um, there's a fantastic sequence where uh, Freddie and Frank are feeling very ill, so they call an ambulance. <laughs> and the two ambulance workers uh, can't get a heartbeat on them, can't get blood pressure on them. You know, their eyes aren't dilating. For all intents and purposes, these two guys are dead, except for that they're conscious and yeah. talking. And they just go off inside to ha- have a conversation amongst themselves. <laughs> and and the and the characters are they're like, well, what? No pulse? What? <laughs> Trying to come to grips with the fact that they should be not breathing. Yeah, upon breaking that container, they died, and they themselves are turning into mindless zombies. Um, Meanwhile, there's <laughs> people are coming to to see what's going on, and uh, of course they're getting picked off as they're coming in. And yeah, there's a great one of the zombies that was in the barrels in the chemical vats. It's referred to as sort of the the tar zombie. Because all of the bones in it seem squish, and he can—he barely holds together. That was a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Um, these zombies talk a little bit too. They—they'll—they mm. they say brains and more brains. Yeah. Get on the radio and, and call for more paramedics. Yeah, <laughs> so that they have more food. It's—it's uh, uh, it's lively. Mm. It's violent. It's like ninety-two minutes long. It, it moves very quickly. Overall, it was a really fun watch. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Definitely, you don't you don't take it seriously right from the start. It's unapologetically crazy <laughs> and funny and stupid, and you can really get behind that. I think uh, it's what I want in my zombie comedies. You know, uh, like you know, sometimes they get a little bit too too clever and forget to be zombie movies. This movie does not forget that at no. all. And I want to say again, these practical special effects. This was before CGI. That scene where they cut one of the zombies in half yeah. and try to interrogate it, that zombie is fantastic. It looks fantastic. <laughs> it, yeah, it, really it sounds fantastic. Like, uh, you know, you don't need to use CGI all the time. Sometimes having some real effects in the room with your actors makes the world a difference. Definitely, um, definitely. I would like to buy a beer for everybody involved in the production of Return <laughs> of the Living Dead. Okay, here's a really interesting one, I think. Um, 
found footage horror movies are sort of all the rage these days because it's really uh, cheap to produce. Typically, you only need one camera. Uh, you know, they they can excuse underacting or, or crappy acting as real acting. Yeah. Um, but I think when done well, found footage is awesome. And I think Me found too. footage doesn't necessarily have to mean cheap. For instance, this film, Wreck, um, it, uh, they obviously spent a lot of money on it. It would involve a lot of coordination. Um, yeah. It's about a news uh, team that is following some firefighters in, uh, where is this located now? They're in Spain somewhere. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the city. Anyway, uh, there's a, a local journalist is doing a story on the firefighters, and she's going to follow them out as they take their calls on the night in a fairly sort of standard news magazine journalistic style. Um, she picks the wrong night. Yeah. Uh, they answered a call that is uh, in an apartment complex, and while they're dealing with this call, which is this woman who uh, looks to be exhibiting zombie-like tendencies, uh, they find they are not allowed to leave. The building is being sealed by government officials. No one's allowed in. No one's allowed out. And this plague of violence uh, continues to consume the building and everyone in it. And our camera crew are lucky enough to document this horror as it unfolds. Yeah. Um, that's basically the premise of Wreck, and it's a good one. Uh, what do yeah. you think? <laughs> uh, I, th- I thought it was actually really good. Uh, uh, I always go by what it says on the cover, their little catchphrase, I like to, to call it, um, experience fear. And I thought, okay, you know, that's scary. And, <laughs> and this movie did. This movie really did a good job of that. Uh, the lead is uh, played by uh, Manuela Velasco, uh, plays Angela Vidal, who is the, the uh, reporter. She's doing, like, a, you know, a typical night in the life of uh, the firefighters and and uh, they really do a good job of, of uh, painting her as someone that everybody likes, you know, yeah. that is really trying to do a good job, and and uh, you really get to uh, to you really get behind her right away, like you're 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 curious to see uh, what's going to happen, and when stuff starts going down, you know, uh, it's it's uh, they do a really good job of of uh, kind of the found footage aspect of it made it really great in that it looked it looked real, it looked like something that could actually have happened, and, yeah, and. Um, uh, they did a really good job of ma- of making you wonder, okay, well, what exactly is going on? Yeah, you know, and what's going to happen next? I always, I was always thinking throughout the thing, like, you know, what is what's coming up? Because yeah. you, you know that something's happening. It keeps escalating, yeah. and by escalating, it keeps getting worse. Yeah, and worse, and, and worse. She gets more and more frantic throughout. You you feel as you more would. and more frantic as well. <laughs> and uh, yeah, when uh, people start. To to, uh, to to turn and, and these monsters. I like how they, they their use of shadowing and their use of light yeah. that they did because you could see the the beast coming, but you couldn't really see it clearly. So yeah. it, it kind of made it a little scarier. I thought. Um, and they weren't on and off. They seemed to go through periods where they were kind of somewhere in between. They were they were in the throes of something, but they would be just sort of standing there, super tense. Like it looked like they're ready to pounce, but they're not necessarily an immediate threat until at some point they just go over the line, yeah. <laughs> and then you you know you got this ravenous zombie. Yeah. Um, that's one of the many things that's interesting about the Rex series too. We find out as the series progresses that this is no, no ordinary zombie virus, and it's not necessarily a man-made one either. This these are actually like somewhere between possession and zombies 
these people are actually being possessed, we find out as the series progresses. Right. And by the time we get to the third wreck, it's no longer found footage. And they're allowing to get a little bit goofier, a little bit funnier, a little bit more into the Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. And they've promised a fourth installment called Wreck Apocalypse, oh, really? which I look forward to, which is going to be sort of a large scale, <laughs> I mm. assume. Well, I'm uh, going to have to watch the other one. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but, but going back to the original film, Wreck, here, yeah. Um, great location. We get to know the firefighters because she inter- interviews them for her show at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, they're hot-headed, they're full of testosterone, they're trying to impress the pretty journalist. Yeah. So we relate and like them right away when they start going down, particularly one guy who takes that horrible fall yeah. and then ends up trying to walk on his broken leg. Just <laughs> yeah, really, really, uh, you, you know, you like those guys and you don't like seeing them getting picked off. And uh, I... Th- I can't help but feel sort of echoes of, uh, you know, everybody loves firefighters now in our post-9-11 world. And uh, I think that 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 paranoia was rung in this movie with these guys being trapped in the building. And the people who are quarantining in the building are taking a hard stance on it. You know, you cannot leave this building. Um, And we find out why, but it's bitter news to the people who aren't infected. Uh, it seems really clear whether you're infected or not, so you're not quite sure why they couldn't, you know, let them out one at a time or something. But uh, there's no master plan outside other than killing everybody in that building. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I was, I was kind of, uh, I, I was surprised not to give, I'm not to give anything away, but the ending, I was, I was surprised. It was kind of a surprise ending to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't really want to say anything about that <laughs> okay, because I do recommend uh, that you know if somebody's in for a good zombie movie, and yeah. I would say that Wreck would be a, a good. It's a different zombie movie too. Yeah. Like I say, it employs the found footage thing. The zombies are different than we're used to seeing. Um, the 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 tall man in the room. I think you'll know what I'm talking about when I say that. Uh, there's a, a really frightening sequence, which actually kind of reminds me of Silence of the Lambs because they're using the night vision on the camera. Yeah. to see only the camera operator can actually see what's going on and you're not sure whether he's lucky or unlucky to have that privilege yeah. we get his point of view but uh, uh, it just slowly shows more and more bad news yeah. <laughs> for everybody Yeah, involved. I think one of the more disturbing uh, scenes was uh, when the uh, lady's holding her, her little girl and yes. the little girl's looking really uh, odd <laughs> and she goes for the face and and they end up handcuffing the lady to the to a post. Yeah, because uh, they figure the, she's the infected now, right? Yeah. And uh, before she turns, uh, uh, some zombies managed to break into the room, and uh, she was very, very. Uh, that was a, a great scene. Yeah. Um, she was very convincing that she was actually getting eaten by zombies. And you feel for her. You do. Because yeah. if that was your kid, you wouldn't want them yeah. to take her away from you. You wouldn't want to believe no. that she was going to turn into a monster. Not at all. And uh, if you were handcuffed to a banister and a bunch of zombies were running at you, and you had no choice but to accept you were going to be eaten alive, yeah. you would probably make some noise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, you know, the people that handcuffed you are on their way up the stairs to safety. Well, safety, with quotations, because <laughs> there was really nowhere safe in the, in the building. I mean... Uh, I, I should warn viewers that because it is the found footage, there is a lot of shaky camera. 
some viewers don't like too much shaky camera finds it can be a little nauseating and on top of this it's subtitled yes subtitled. Um, you can find this in a dubbed version I always prefer subtitles personally um, I know it's a lot of work yes. maybe you have to watch it twice to get every little nook and cranny I did watch it twice I watched it once with the subtitles and once the dubbed version it right. was actually on there and uh, I enjoyed the subtitled one better because yeah. uh, I feel the performances more yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, even though it's a different language, it's uh, definitely uh, gives you a better feel for the characters. Yeah, and you 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 get closer to the intention of the filmmakers. Yeah. Uh, I think, even with like the Japanimation films or Studio Ghibli films, I much prefer to listen to the Japanese track with the subtitles than listening to the dubbed, even with celebrity version, yeah. because I feel like I'm getting the performance. Closer to the performance and closer to the feel of what the filmmakers wanted. This is a long, roundabout way of me saying that I really, really enjoyed Wreck, and I think if you like intense zombie movies, unlike a lot of the other films in the selection, there's not a lot of laughs to right. be had in Wreck. Right. This one is an, is pumped full of adrenaline. It, it delivers what it's what it says. It, yeah, it's going to deliver, and uh, it won a whole bunch of awards too. Did it not? Uh, it's been. It did a lot of. Uh, Independent film festivals, best director, the world. best actress, uh, critics awards, uh, audience awards. Yeah, so overall, very well received. And uh, again, I really, en really enjoyed watching that one, which is why I watched it twice. <laughs> As evidence by that. Well, if you want to watch the sequel, you just let me know. Somebody really needs to figure out what to do with Ray Stevenson, actually. Uh, he was in the HBO series of Rome. Um, he was the Punisher in that Punisher Warzone, whatever movie. Right. Uh, he's played a henchman in a handful of action movies. He's a good guy, and he's a solid actor, and I think he could do action well. Um, somebody do something good with uh, Stevenson. Um, he headlines this movie, Outpost, which is... Uh, one of the sub-sub-genre of zombie Nazi movies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Of which there are a few. <laughs> Basically, it's about a team of mercenaries who are assigned to uh, take this scientist to a uh, bunker that has some ancient uh, Nazi technology in it and secure it and figure out what's what it's all about. And it basically plays out disastrously for everybody involved. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> A very, very dark movie. What did you think about Post Uh You know, uh, it was the first one that I watched of the six, and uh, um, it, I, I, uh, I actually really liked it because, uh, yeah, um, again, I, I, I like a movie that can scare me, and, and this one, again, it, it did a pretty good job of that, although it wasn't, it wasn't long enough, in my opinion. Uh, it seemed to, seemed to get Abruptly. going, and then, and then it was over just like that. Uh, but some some really memorable scenes, and uh, I, I like the whole. Uh, uh, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a World War II buff, but I certainly do enjoy uh, most stories set in and around that time. And yeah. uh, this one did a really good job of making you believe that they were Nazi zombies. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. They uh, uh, well, and I believe it's set relatively in modern times. The uh, 
the the technology that the zombies were working on presumably was to make a super soldier which would be an unkillable soldier which is the these zombies um <clears throat> but they're not your traditional zombies either they don't uh, seem to create other zombies uh they basically can take any amount of damage and regenerate it seems um if they're within uh however many feet of this device they are just alive I don't know what your defense against these guys are, uh, and that maybe that's a flaw in the story. Maybe it isn't. What what the film really is about is these guys slowly realizing just how horrible a position they have found themselves in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like it. Another thing that we'll see again and again in in, in horror movies is these military types. Uh, we see it in Dog Soldiers and in Predator and in, in movies of this type where you got this heavy testosterone male energy, uh, you know, all sort of geared up, good-to-go professional killers, and who sort of get off on that violent energy, yeah. who find themselves in a situation that they cannot handle. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's overwhelming, and they, they realize it, and as they get picked off, yeah, it's, it's a movie, again, that it does build, the suspense builds and builds. Um, the bru they're all bruisers, like I say, they're all braggarts, they're all tough guys, um, and they go down badly. They spend a good deal of the movie with setup, with who these guys are, and what they've done, and their backgrounds, and uh, where they fit in in the group. And then all of a sudden, a guy's being attacked by a Nazi zombie, and a blade is sliding between his teeth, and you can actually hear it squeaking between yeah. his teeth. Yeah, the it's just horrible. Like the, the kills when were they pretty come, decent in this movie. They are they are felt. You feel the death in this movie. Even characters you don't like when they go, it's just like that was an ugly death. Yeah, it was quite brutal in, as far as uh, the visuals. <laughs> no, they did not. There was no restraint told, and. Uh, for a movie that basically, for as far as I'm concerned, came out of nowhere, they obviously spent some money on it. Like you say, the setting looks right, the zombies look good, the Nazis look appropriate. Yeah. There's a really great sequence, one of my favorite bits in the movie, where they find this old projector and they uh, show footage of, uh, they were clearly cutting together a Nazi propaganda film, and they show this uh, old style animation of what it would look like for the Nazi soldiers to be gunned down and then suddenly get back up and continue fighting. And how glorious and how wonderful. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. A strong conceit. Um, I think that it could suffer from something that a lot of movies with these military guys do. is uh, There are a bunch of guys in fatigues with short haircuts yelling at each other. Uh, in certain sequences during the chaos, it's kind of hard to tell one from the other. But uh, the movie is at least good, as I said, is giving every character their moment. And like I say, the deaths that do come, Fast and Furious, are quite brutal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they will stick with you. you got to have a bit of patience with this movie, but you'll, you'll get your money's worth if That's you stick true. it out, I think. I agree. <laughs> um, you wanted to pay special attention to the Nazi leader. We're trying to find the name. Was that Julian Rivet as Wojciech? The head Nazi. Yeah, he plays the 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 doctor. Uh, they do flashbacks, and uh, he's uh, he play, the doctor who was in charge of all the experiments, and he's still in charge of these guys. Uh, even it was what sixty years later. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I thought that he did a just a, a very convincing job of of, of uh, exemplifying evil. He he was he was able to play a very evil character without saying 
Oh yeah, when they first face. encounter him, he's basically this shell. Yeah, he, he looks like pale white, gaunt and skeleton, yeah. and uh, yeah, he, he's but, the one sort of survivor, quote unquote survivor that they find in their. their he can't Baffled. die, but yeah. apparently he hasn't been eating or doing anything else either. He's quite emaciated, yeah, and unresponsive, and and uh, yeah. So they uh, uh, again a very entertaining movie. Um, a lot of strong images too in those those, those uh, the experiments themselves. Like clearly, they took volunteers and injected them with this horrible stuff, and then there's a, a chamber of what's basically a stack of naked dead bodies. The, you kind of get a little bit of, you know, a Holocaust imagery out of that. Yeah. Like, um, they're trying to defeat death in order to win the war. Um, but make no mistake, these Nazis are still, you know, Indiana Jones world Nazis. They are, uh, <laughs> they are super evil. And I think that their viciousness is illustrated in that. Uh, they can't be killed. And after a point, I kind of get tired of watching our heroes empty their magazines into them. It's just like, yeah. is this even buying you any time at this point? It just feels good to have some kind of defense. Yeah, it certainly does a good job of giving you that uh, that hopeless feeling like, uh, like this is just not going to end well for anyone. No, <laughs> no. It doesn't. And what can they possibly do? And, uh, of yeah. course, there's uh, you know the magical Nazi machine, which still works, that the... Scientist tries to get running. You know, can turn on the, on or off this electric field. It could maybe kill them all. But uh, no, essentially we got this sort of Alamo type situation where they're not necessarily outnumbered, but their adversary is unkillable. Yeah. Um, and it's a very frustrating position for these uh, butch mercenary guys to be in because they don't like losing. They're not. They don't understand a losing battle. They've never encountered this before. <laughs> uh, and the blurb on the front says it best: you can't kill what's already been, what's already dead. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and what are you gonna do, man? Nazis are bad news, <laughs> right? To begin with, yeah. <laughs> Turn them into zombies, and there's double, double trouble there. Herbert West is at the top of his class in medical school. How can you teach such drivel? These people are here to learn, and you're closing their minds before they even have a chance. What? Are He's you? brilliant, but a little weird. I've broken the six to twelve minute barrier. I've conquered brain death. His experiments have always been unorthodox. It was dead. But lately, they're getting out of hands. And he's just made a discovery that could wake up the dead. Herbert West has affected reanimation in dead animal tissue. What are you thinking? How do you feel? Once you wake up the dead, you've got a real mess on your hands. All right, we're going to go back to the 80s for our last review here of uh, Stuart Gordon's uh, approach of the H.P. Lovecraft tale, uh, The Reanimator. Um, it concerns itself with a very eccentric uh, medical student played by the immortal Jeffrey Combs uh, and he's so young in this movie it's funny I'm, I'm used to seeing him uh, pop up in, in more modern horror movies as sort of an exposition machine or yeah like I say a, a cameo or a plot pusher kind of type of character but this is the movie that established him and uh, he's the mad scientist who develops a formula that 
glows like rich green predator blood <laughs> and if you uh, inject it into a dead cat or a dead cadaver uh, you got yourself your very own zombie uh, that does obviously present its own <laughs> handful of problems um, uh, this is a fascinating movie uh, Stuart Gordon is the director and he's kind of an immortal cult movie director and we're going to talk about him again and again uh, what you're never going to really get out of Stuart Gordon is subtlety. Uh, he's going to give you lots of blood, he's going to give you lots of nudity, and uh, he's going to cram as much uh, visceral entertainment as he can into a 90-minute package. Um, I think this is probably his most popular distillation, but uh, he's, a guy, he's one of these uh, horror genre directors that's worth keeping an eye on. If there's a new Stuart jo Gordon movie coming out... Uh, Larry's going to get around to seeing it. Yeah, totally. And uh, this is a large part of the reason why right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a reanimator. Uh, please, what did you think of the movie? Um, overall, I wasn't sure what to expect going into it. Um, again, I'd never heard of it, never seen it. Um, I, I, uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, the, the, the acting was actually surprisingly good. <laughs> I, thought. I think, with the exception of the lead actor, I believe his name is Bruce Abbott. Yes, I, I don't know that he's terrible, but I think he's kind of outclassed by Jeffrey Combs and David Gale, yeah, who definitely. are both uh, you know playing it to the hilt and, and and sort of embracing the eccentricity of the movie. Um, yeah, Abbott's much more of the straight man, so our main character has less personality than our our, our villains in some ways. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, overall, I, I I thought it was uh, again a really good idea. Um, the uh, Coombs does a really great job of playing the eccentric, uh, and he really creeps you out when you first when you first meet this character. Uh, as with uh, and, uh, the other character, Dan and Megan, the girlfriend, and uh, yeah, I, I thought it was very innovative. Uh, a lot of the effects were really really well done, uh, especially oh, yes. uh, the headless. Uh, there, uh, there's a point where uh, he's carrying the, the zombie body's carrying his own head. <laughs> And uh, it's 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 ironically funny because of course you know he's trying to work his way through and open doors and stuff and he he's still looking through his own eyes so um, I, I, it would have been a really fun movie to to be a part of uh, this one. again we're going back to my love of these prosthetic effects and I think that's one of the strongest elements not just how good these effects are but how imaginative they are uh, there is an infamous scene. Where the David Gale, the zombie of this uh, horrendous villain professor character, uh, carrying his own head around, uh, attempts to give head to a woman strapped to a table with his own <laughs> severed head. Right. Yeah. It's something yeah. so crazy and so bonkers that it, it, the fact that it exists <laughs> is bizarre. And it's mercifully interrupted and it's not as graphic as we're making it sound. Yeah. But even that, just the idea of it, just the inclusion yeah. of it, yeah. horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have to give some, some props to Barbara Crampton here. Uh, uh, an actress who put up with a lot in the making of this film. She spends a lot of time scantily clad or yeah. less uh, yeah. with blood all over her. <laughs> and uh, you'd say it was a thankless role, but this film is a cult classic. I'm sure she still gets checks from it regularly. Yeah. <laughs> right, it was in 1985 this movie came out same year as Return. Yeah, no, and great year for zombies. Yeah. That year. I believe Day of the Dead also came out that oh, year. Yeah. It was like 
a crazy good year for zombie movies. That was the, that was like the start of the of the, the snowball or the the avalanche, I guess. Because uh, how many how many zombie movies come out now regularly every month? Yeah, right? there's two. Or well, three if you go like titles. direct to video and online and like hell, there's we live in an age where somewhere in the world somebody is making a zombie movie right now. Yeah, <laughs> like totally. that's just the way it is. Yeah, and so when you when you get a good oldie like this and and you see how you know it all started. Uh, you, you have a really a good appreciation for it because yeah. uh, you know without without the classics, you know that we wouldn't have a lot of the ones that we have today. And, and uh, want to be reanimators come out like you say on a weekly basis. And again, yeah. it's fairly fairly basic Frankenstein premise. This it's, guy finds yeah. the key to conquering death, but the problem is these things that he brings back are all crazy, and they seem a, able to create other zombies. So there's no practical application to this breakthrough yet, uh, other than, you know, global catastrophe. Right. Um, what's hilarious about the movie, and I do think that's what makes this movie work, is that it has a sense of humor to it. That's it, right, yeah. Is how it snowballs, yeah. how, pro how things just get worse and worse and worse, and at first, maybe we can keep this a secret from our professors. Or, oh, no, we've accidentally killed our professors now. Uh, Maybe we can contain it to the morgue. Uh, oh no! Now the morgue is overspilling yeah, with zombies. One mistake after another. Um, yeah. Oh no! We've lost a valuable member of the cast. Maybe we can bring them back with the syringe. Maybe they won't be crazy monsters. You know, yeah. like uh, it just gets worse and worse <laughs> yeah. and worse. And uh, it's it's bad news for the characters, but it's great news for anybody watching the movie. <laughs> That's yeah. There's a, an Academy Award-winning film called American Beauty with uh, Kevin Spacey yeah. and Wes Bentley where uh, Kevin Spacey's buying some drugs, I believe, off of the neighbor kid and they get in a talking jag about uh, a zombie movie where a guy's walking around carrying his own head. This is Reanimator. Um, you know, it, it surprises me that you have not seen Reanimator and that you hadn't seen Return of the Living Dead because I figure I anybody uh, yeah. who was like in our similar age group would have yeah. bumped into one or the other I, mean, I would have later. been uh, what, 12 years old and uh, yeah, I don't know what I was doing that summer but uh, <laughs> must have been out uh, fishing probably yeah <laughs> um, I've gone on in the past in the podcast that I love H.P. Lovecraft um, and this is a very loose adaptation of an H.P. Lovecraft story but I don't think, uh, I mean, it's the most popular H.P. Lovecraft uh, adaptation, probably the one that you could hold up as the most successful in, 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 in as far as making money and entertaining audiences. But we have yet to see, I think, a really, really great H.P. Lovecraft adaptation that gets the uh, creepy uh, vibe of Lovecraft. What, um, what uh, really got me about, when I, be, even before I watched the movie, I, I'm looking at the cover and, and uh, it's got kind of a, like a cartoonized version of the, the crazy character, uh, main Jeffrey character, Combs, yeah. Combs holding up the, the serum and down on the table is the head of the, the guy that, and, and it's looking up at him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I think it just uh, uh, really uh, sets the tone for the they movie. They don't that make them like this It is a definitely dark comedy and... Uh, yeah, um, uh, really, really well done. Yeah, uh, the, all the the effects in it were were I think uh, um, superior. I think to to other movies that were coming out at the time. Yeah, um, there's something like these effects are horrible and sort of comical. At one point, there's a 
there's a scene where a, a, a head is thrown against a wall and sort of smushed that is kind of hilarious. Yep. Uh, uh, but uh, it's real within the world of, of this movie. And uh, it is something to behold. I mean, it's something that if you're a horror movie fan and you haven't seen Reanimator, you kind of owe it to yourself to get around to. Yeah, um, I agree, it's and a winner. <laughs> it is very 80s, and it is sort of got that nostalgic and, you know, creaky vibe. And like I say, not all the performances run at 100%, but just for introducing the world to Jeffrey Combs, just for being a reasonably successful adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft, and for those amazing prosthetic effects, yeah. uh, horror fans everywhere, rejoice over reanimating. <laughs> Okay, so it's that time where uh, my guest gets to rank and review the uh, six zombie movies. Thank you so much for doing zombies with you. Oh, See, man. it's relatively yeah. painless once you're doing it. Yeah. It's, it's not a problem. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so, yeah, what was your least favorite of these six movies and why? Um, well, to, to set straight, I, uh, I, I liked all the movies. I, I, there was not a standout uh, bad one for me, so right. I guess uh, this ranking you know, is uh, basically just uh, which one were my favorite or least favorite. Uh, so, that being said, uh, I, I put Return of the Living Dead as my, as my least favorite of the six. Okay. Um, I thought, um, um, overall, I thought that uh, all the other movies were just enter- entertained me a lot more. Um, for uh, um, again, it was really hard to, to rank these uh, I guess, uh, you know, to begin with. They're, and, they're uh, all positive endorsements. Just yeah. one had to make the bottom. That's, yeah. I get it. Yeah, and I think it was returned um, probably for the acting. I think uh, and, and the the, the script right. um, kind of weak there, but uh, some really great moments in it. But yeah, I guess uh, if I had to choose one, then that it, uh, Return of the Living Dead would be at, at the bottom. The reasons why. <laughs> um, you don't got to justify yourself to me, yeah. man. <laughs> uh, I think maybe too that it was uh, it was one of the shorter ones, and I think that it it, it uh, could have stand to have been you know, a little more meat on the bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, again, overall, yeah, I thought uh, great movie. But but uh, if I had to choose, then yeah, that would be my sixth. All right, number five. Uh, I went with Outpost as number five. Um, uh, I again, I, I, I did enjoy the movie, but uh, I thought uh, again uh, the ending was it was a little too abrupt. Uh, it was a little bit anticlimactic. I found right. uh, the way that it ended. However, um, uh, you know, it was uh, and, and it, it was uh, it was it was pretty dark. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what exactly it was about it. Uh, 
It was harder to have fun with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know exactly why. I, maybe it's because it's the one that I watched first, and so right. it's the farthest back in my memory. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it had some uh, some really memorable moments. But uh, I think the other ones just uh, stood out more. Fair enough uh, to me. Number four. Okay, so um, I went with Fido in fourth place. Okay. Uh, I like it better than Outpost in Return um, because of its uniqueness. Uh, I thought that it was uh, um, it was really good for a laugh, but uh, it was also pretty gory in, in a couple of in a couple of places, and uh, I I, uh, I like how they managed to uh, to cross that successfully into something that was was entertaining, uh, absurd at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and then the premise, I really, I really thought it was a, a oh, really great we are, idea. We are enjoying a zombie renaissance, so to bump into a zombie movie with something new to say is very nice and refreshing. Definitely. So big points for that. Definitely. I agree. Number three. Okay, I went with uh, Reanimator in third place. Um, uh, again, it was uh, very entertaining, and uh, uh, I put it. Uh, I didn't put it closer to the top uh, because I thought that uh, that. Uh, a couple of the other movies, obviously, that are at the top of the list, um, just did a better job uh, of, of entertaining. And sure. uh, um, I, uh, although again, I really enjoyed the movie, and I, I really have nothing bad to say about it at all. Um, yeah. All right. Number two. Number two. Um, I, I put Dawn of the Dead in second place, okay. um, and uh, mainly for story and uh, and. Uh, character, uh, I think I thought that you really uh, um, that that they did a really good job of of, um, of getting you to get behind these characters. And uh, it's when they're against the zombies, it was it was interesting. And then when the humans come in, now all of a sudden they've got to make this choice, you know, of uh, what's going down. So, um, so yeah, I put Dawn of the Dead in second place. And uh, uh, again, uh, it was it was a hard decision. Uh, that was one that I was kind of flipping on. Was my second and third place reanimator, Dawn of the Dead? Uh, but ultimately, I went with Dawn of the Dead. Uh, it scared me more. There you go. Yeah, well, that's what it came down to for that one. Yeah. And of course, that puts Wreck in first place. Well uh, played, Wreck. Yeah, I, uh, I I didn't know what to expect going in, but uh, I, I really love the found footage aspect. I think that uh, when you have a movie that's done that way. It feels more real and it, it feels less canned. Like it's not like, a, uh, and the acting is more real as well because there's you know they're not surrounded by a big crew. The actors can be more real, I think, in, yeah. a, in a setting that's real. You know? There's something about the found footage that puts you there in a way that that, that non-found footage films have a hard time getting. That's great. Uh, yeah. It's like your whole movie is spent inside the chaotic action sequence where you're just lost in it. Uh, yeah. And the build of this movie is incredible. Um, as, as shit starts to hit the fan and things start to happen around them and decisions are made split second and, and uh, when people start to go down, I tell you, it's, uh, it's, you're convinced. It's, it's a, it does a very good job of convincing you that something real is going down. And, and uh, Something that I find uh, when, when watching movies, I, I sometimes think that, okay, well, I don't see the character. I see the actor trying to make me believe that they are this character. Yeah. In this movie, these, they, were, they were so genuine, and you, you, you related with everybody right away. It was a lived-in sort of performance. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I really thought that uh, that's what pushed it over for me. Um, it's interesting. Um, I completely respect those choices of the list. Um, 
the rank and review, you know, the idea is, is if, if for some reason my guest manages to match six for six with me, that they get some kind of prize, which is hilarious. It means, like, if you agree with me, you're worthy of reward. Uh, I appreciate the guy, that anybody just does the podcast with me. Um, but I think equally difficult would be to go six for six films and not match anywhere. And I think we might have done it here. Oh, really? <laughs> I think we might have done it here. Um, where we agree on and why there's no big fights are going to break out over this movie is that these are pretty six decent options if you're looking for a zombie movie to watch. Yeah. If you haven't seen any of the films that we've discussed today and you like zombie films, you owe it to yourself to seek them out. Uh, so I'm going to drop that little bomb before I break it down. They're all worthwhile, definitely. They're all worth your time. Yeah. I put Outpost at number six. And I love me a good Nazi zombie uh, <laughs> movie as much as the next guy. And I like the production value. And the kills, like we discussed, are just brutal uh, and really yep. felt. What I think holds me back a little bit on this is that there's something inevitable about the movie. Very shortly after they get to the bunker, I convinced myself it wasn't going to play out well for anybody. And I was 100% correct. Um, Again, it's it's a good time, and it's uh, if you're looking for that kind of genre, a uh, bunch of macho military guys shooting it out with some zombie Nazis, you're going to get your money's worth here. Uh, patience will pay off. The first 45 minutes is set up. The second 45 minutes to an hour is just teeth and snot, as yeah. my old man would say. <laughs> uh, but I put it at number six. My number five pick is Fido. Um it pains me to rank it that low. I love the fact that it's very unique and that it's very Canadian. I love the sort of <laughs> sweet apple pie uh, 1950s vibe balanced against, you know, raw zombie violence. <laughs> There's just two things that uh, don't have anything to do with each other, and I like that marriage. Um, in a way, I almost wish that there was a series of Fido movies set in this world, because I think there's a lot more to be explored there. <laughs> please, please, seek out and enjoy Fido. It is very worthy of your 95 minutes, or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, number four for me, Reanimator. Um, I, I really enjoy me and Jeffrey Combs. Uh, the special effects throughout the film are crazy and wonderful. The wretched excess, both in the nudity and in the violence. Um, it's kind of what you're looking for in this kind of, uh, you know, full-bore action horror spectacular. Stuart Gordon is pretty go-to for this kind of stuff. And he made a friend in me with this movie, as did Jeffrey Combs. Uh, I have a hard time saying that it's perfect. There's, there's, you know, there's some creaks and moans in it. Not all of the acting in it is amazing. But the special effects will drop your jaw more than once. And uh, I, I think unless you're pretty cynical about horror movies, you won't regret your time spent with <laughs> Reanimator. And there is that weirdness to it. There's sort of an ugly sexuality to the movie as yeah. well, but it somehow all works. Um, which brings me to number three, which is Wreck. I mean, and... I really, really like Wreck. Like you say, that found footage genre has a way of putting you in the front lines. You feel like you're there. You yeah. immediately identify with the people. Um, the conceit is very real. 
you, you know, the the cuts are all clean and, and, you know, almost set up at the beginning when she's just getting to know the guys. But as their ordeal, you know, mounts and gets worse, the camera gets crazier and the panic sets in. Yeah. Uh, it's a great ride. It's short. It's like 88 minutes or something like that. Um, so even if you are a little bit leery of the shaky camera work, I think this is worth giving a shot because uh, it's very well executed as good as any that comes to mind um as far as the found footage you know genre and believing in it surprisingly your number six pick made it all the way to number two for me return of the living dead there is something so bonkers and off the charts crazy about this movie the fact that it exists is is wonderful to me yeah yeah that that strip scene in the cemetery is something that you got to put up with it kind of reminds me of the uh big dance number in from dust till dawn where selma hayek jumps out and has this big dance with a snake wrapped around her body and oh, yeah. it takes like five minutes out of the movie where we are to do nothing but ogle Selma Hayek. <laughs> and it gets a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, same thing here and like no justification for it. But they didn't particularly feel the need to justify the over-the-top violence or the, the nasty punk rockers. Uh, there's fountains of blood and the, like I say, the special effects. I really love that animatronic zombie that they try to uh, question. I really like that, in spite of its fun, bouncy sort of feel, the ending of the movie uh, is, is not exactly <laughs> is not exactly warm fuzzies. There's definitely lots of room for sequels, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think in its weird way, Return of the Living Dead is a zombie classic. Uh, it's strange to say it, but uh, I do think it has a high rewatchability <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ratio for me. So uh, uh, maybe it's a personal thing, but it ranked as high as two, which brings me to number one, George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I know that the zombies look kind of crazy and weird, and you have to kind of accept that, about that sort of low-budget quality to it. But there is so much to this movie, and uh, I've seen it a lot of times, and I will see it a lot more times, and uh, the rough-around-the-edges feel is part of what good Romero is, you know, especially in his, the first three zombie movies, you know, he's a guy doing what he can with limited means, and he's doing amazing stuff with it, limited yeah, means, true. um, and a lot of happy accidents, the, um, it's a zombie movie about something, you like the characters, and the world that it creates is the world of The Walking Dead, is the world of the zombie apocalypse that is so popular these days. And um, it's the grandpappy. As much as Night of the Living Dead is the grandpappy, this is this is the grandpappy of the zombie epics. And uh, I think anybody who's serious about zombie movies should check it out. Definitely. And and like I say, there's there's plenty of different permutations in which you can. <laughs> there's three different versions of it creeping around out there, and they're all they're all worth a look. So that's my list. Right on. Yeah, not one of them in those eight spots. Hey, isn't there's that like a yeah? There's got to be a now. You have to give me a prize. prize. Yeah, it's like a... Oh well.
All right, we did it, man. It's time for the Jerry Awards. So uh, this is your episode. You get to give out the awards. We came out with the uh, nominations together, so I'll give you the nominations. You give me the Jerry Award winner. You're sure. making history right. today here at Geezy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Um, the first uh, nomination are for biggest what the fuck moment, the WTF moment in this zombies collection here. Um, we have to mention once again the head giving head in yeah. Reanimator. That is completely off the wall, man. That yeah. is that is bonkers. Congratulations for wow. <laughs> yeah, going um, above and beyond. <laughs> that really brutal blade sliding through the teeth of one of the uh, mercenaries in Outpost. Yes, yeah. That really unnerved me. Just that screeching book. Yeah, and the angle that they did from the it, it was it was uh, both visually and audibly. Uh, it, it, it yeah. was quite quite the moment. Yeah. Uh, for what the fuck moment? Uh, yeah, the trash punk chick in. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, inexplicably stripping for yeah, her friends. From out of nowhere. No, I, d- I didn't have a problem with it at all. <laughs> it was just a really, really unexpected, and, and uh, yeah, the fact that she ripped her clothes off and, and pretty much destroyed them. The fact that they didn't even try <laughs> to justify it is interesting. Yeah, she was just, uh, just had, to, had to do it. She's in the moment, right? Um, I have the overprotective mother from Fido, played by Carrie Ann Moss. Uh, overkilling a couple of child Nazis in the protection <laughs> of her own son. Right, yeah, really overkilling them. <laughs> um, speaking of mother-daughter, mother-son relationships, there's the mother in Wreck who's cradling her wounded child for a long time when the child finally t- turns and takes a good chunk of her face. Yeah, and she subsequently gets uh, uh, handcuffed to a railing and, uh, and uh, meets a pretty gruesome end shortly thereafter. Yeah. So that's a good collection of WTF moments. Uh, what's going to take the prize? Well, I think uh, the Jerry. Uh, it, it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but uh, I, I think uh, the, the the head giving head. <laughs> um, that's wow. Yeah, when, when he when when that headless body puts the head down there and, and <laughs> starts going to town, it was like you, you're you're really you literally said what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that. that. What else do you say? Uh, yeah. Bravo, Stuart Gordon and company. You yeah. have raised or lowered the bar for yeah. all of us. Yeah. Reanimator. Um, I have some nominations here for uh, the best death um, in these zombie movies. There's the. This is debatable on whether or not it's a death, but we wanted to bring up the morgue zombie in Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, they, uh, yeah. they assume, because they've seen Night of the Living Dead, that bashing this thing's brain will do the job. So they pin it down and they put a pickaxe through its skull. Yeah, pinning it to the ground. Yeah. And, and uh, the scene that followed is just it's hilarious and, and horrendous. horrendous at the same time, because <laughs> this thing is flailing around with its head pinned to the ground, all limbs are going, and uh, they decide, well, hey... That's not working. We gotta cut its head off. <laughs> so they go get what a hacksaw, hacksaw <laughs> and, and commence to cut through the back of this thing's neck while it's been to the ground. And oh, just the sound and the uh, and uh, the visuals again were just um, <laughs> the Doctor Hill zombie and Reanimator having his head thrown and obliterated against the wall, <laughs> leaving that horrible yeah. smear his on the wall. His, his head is still alive at the time, so it felt it. Yeah. It felt everything, and yeah, it, uh, it was pretty brutally just smashed. Um, 
from from Dawn of the Dead, uh, the kind of heartbreaking moment when Roger gets bit while they're lining up the cars to block off all the doors to the mall. Right. Uh, he has a little blowout, and uh, it costs him his life, unfortunately. Uh, also, the uh, I can't remember the name of the character in Outpost. He's the second last guy to go. He's standing in the final fight with Ray Stevenson, who who falls backwards into a room and just gets m- about seven or eight Nazi zombies all stab him simultaneously. Oh yes, yes, the stab scene, <laughs> and he just like oh, I forgot about that. Was. Just gurgles himself out of existence. It's really awful. And uh, we're going to go back to uh, Dawn of the Dead. Some spoilers here, but uh, I think some of the best acting done by the Flyboy character there uh, is when he's a zombie and he's walking with that crooked ankle, and yeah. uh, Peter is forced to de- to uh, destroy him. And that death is just spectacular, both on a gore level on a, and on just on the, the you know what that means to the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to nominate Flyboy as well. Those are your nominations for Best Death. Uh, who do you think is going to take the award? And I'm actually going to give it to uh, Flyboy with Dawn of the Dead. Oh. You're right, that was an amazing <laughs> scene. And uh, uh, one of many. I mean, all these movies had, had such an, uh, amazing moments. But uh, definitely, yeah, Best Death. Mainly due to the fact that you're so attached to this character, and he's he's been such a big part in helping them in in them surviving. I have like a love hate relationship with Flyboy because he fucks up a lot, <laughs> and like he brings down like they probably could have stayed at that mall if he didn't open fire on those bikers. That's true, <laughs> but that That's mistake true. costs him his life, and that kind of sucks too. Yeah. So, Flyboy with the win. Um, now we're gonna go to performances. Um, Manuela Velasco, who is the lead in Wreck, she's the journalist who is conducting the story on the firefighters, who finds herself way over her head. I thought, I mean, I didn't, I don't speak her language, but that performance shines through. You can tell she gave her it all. Yeah. Uh, you believe her when she's scared. You believe her when she's hysterical. Yeah. Of course, Jeffrey Combs for the role that basically defined his career in the Reanimator. He's pretty good at playing a baddie scientist. As I said, I'm a fan of Ray Stevenson, our lead in uh, Outpost. He seems to be a per- person they have a hard time finding a, a casting job for, uh, other than being a soft-spoken brute. Uh, I think he's got some game, and I hope somebody notices it. Um, and lastly, of course, I wanted to nominate Billy Connolly for his world- largely yeah. world- <laughs> wordless performance in, in Fido. And what an interesting thing it must be to be in so many scenes of a movie, but not have a thing to say. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's still a performance there. There's still even a character yeah. there, but no oh, yeah. words. Yeah, when he smiles and and uh, he has this little laugh that he does, it's just hilarious. <laughs> really hilarious. So uh, who's who's going to be a Jerry Award winning uh, actor? Well, I I'm going to go with Jeffrey Coombs uh, for Reanimator. He right. uh, he really uh, again he did a very good job of portraying a, a very eccentric type of person. Jeffrey Combs is now a two-time Jerry Award winner. Yeah, that's right. He, he won a WTF award for the Frighteners. Oh yeah, back in the day, I believe. So uh, <laughs> excellent. All right, and uh, now our last, our last Jerry Award and uh, the end the of last the podcast. Jerry. So uh, uh, again, thanks so much, Geezy. My Here pleasure. We go. Uh, there were six movies. There are six nominations. The best zombie in these six movies. Oh. 
I have the tall man zombie from Wreck. Uh, yeah. When they get into the attic space, there's that really tall, skinny, right, creepy-looking creepy, yeah. creature yeah. up there. Uh, the tar man, as he is referred to in Return of the Living Dead, right, the, bo- the creature that unfolded itself out of that barrel and can barely stand up. Yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, headless zombie in Reanimator, I nominated. Um, the Hari Krishna zombie in Dawn of the Dead that makes its way upstairs when the right. guys, when they first get to the mall, the guys all take the guns and run downstairs to clear the mall and leave their uh, <laughs> their third person uh, unarmed. Right. Uh, and uh, so here's this you know unarmed pregnant woman trying to fend herself off from, a, of all things, a zombie Hare Krishna. I yeah. thought that was a pretty decent suspense moment yeah. in that movie. Um... So yes, and did I did I mention Fido from Fido? That's a pretty oh. obvious nomination. And then I thought the lead Nazi scientist uh, in Outpost. Um, I wish I could find that actor's name. He doesn't have a, again a lot to say in it, but he looks the part, and you know that he's he's a problem as soon as you see him. Uh, best zombie in this list of six zombie hmm. movies. It's your episode, so you're Jerry to give. Yeah. Who's taking the prize? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it is a hard decision because, uh, again, you know, the, all these zombies are very uh, convincing. Uh, they all deserve an, an award, and, and they definitely deserve respect. And brains. Um, yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with Billy Connolly and Fido. Yeah. Uh, just because he, uh, he, he played it really well. Uh, he, you know, he... The docile zombie. He, he was still act. He was still the zombie. Yeah. But he was. He was. You know, the coming around the, the the friend to the kid, and it was really he could make you feel for him, like he you know his, like uh, you know you wanted him to succeed. But then when he would turn to the other side, he was also a convincing real zombie because he he could do he could do some damage. You yeah. Know? And when he, he let off the hook, he yeah. really seemed yeah, to he, enjoy being a classic he, zombie. Absolutely. Yeah. He seemed to really. Uh, Especially when it came to protecting the boy and, you know, being, uh, yeah. That's so great. There's so many great little bits of that movie. I love that uh, Henry Cerny stopping the kid asking him, is that, is that blood on your zombie? <laughs> ah, no, he just had a nosebleed. Yeah. <laughs> That's just such an absurd conversation. Yeah. You gotta love it. You yeah. gotta love it. Geezy, yeah. uh, thank you so much for doing my podcast. Oh, thank man, you my for pleasure. watching six zombie movies. I'm glad you got a bunch that agreed with you, man. Yeah, it was, it was fun, and uh, I, I, will, like, I will do it again. Sweet! Sweet. Well, well, we'll see you again. Fantastic. Bye. And with that, I guess it's time to shamble on back to the crypt and uh, continue my slow decay. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Rank and Review. If you would like to write me, you can do so at rankandreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook presence. Rank and Review is on Facebook, so... uh, Check us out, like us, friend us, do that sort of internet Facebook junk, and we will see you again on Rankin Review.